0: You're listening to the P Town Church Podcast. To learn more about our in person services or additional sermon content like this, visit PALCC.org. That's P A L C C.org. We've been talking about the significant sanctuary of Jesus this last few weeks. Jesus is serving us in the sanctuary that God provides, and just so we're clear, the sanctuary is a place that we can go to in our hearts and minds, in which we enter into the very presence of God, washed by the blood of Christ, into what's called the most holy place so that we can commune with him he can comfort us and as we've said throughout this month we receive his help hope and healing now it's not a place this is not a sanctuary because it's not made by human hands it is not here on earth in the sense that it is physically here but it is Here on earth in the sense that we can get there from here in our hearts and minds. It is eternal in nature. We can experience it from a perspective here in our hearts and our minds. But when Jesus Christ returns, we'll be able to experience it more fully. This spotless sanctuary we have talked about, or the sanctuary that we've talked about the last couple of weeks has been designed to help us understand how God has created for us. Like in the Sanction Sanctuary, He designed it. He is the one who built it. It's not with His hand, or not with human hands, but it's something that He's built in the heavens. It is a spiritual sanctuary in which it has a purpose, and that is to spiritualize us while we're here on this earth, to make God come into us. We're incarnated by God And then we are inclined to do what God would call us to do when he writes his word on our hearts and minds, as we talked about last week. We choose to live in that sanctuary and carry that spiritual idea and perspective into the world around us through its application. And we talked about what that looked like last week. And today we want to talk about the spotless part of the sanctuary and talk about baptized covenanting. Now the word covenanting again, just as a reminder, means God has covenanted with us. We covenant with Him. We join Him in this sanctuary. We live our lives in His presence. We live our lives spiritually, inclined to do what He has called us to do, And something had to happen in order for this to happen uh, that is of a spotless nature, and that's where we come to today, is how can we be in God's presence when we have sinned? How is it that we can dwell in the most holy place when in the Old Testament the process was the high priest had to Uh, Offers sacrifice for himself so he was completely pure when he went into the most holy place. And then he offers to sacrifice for those who sin in ignorance. How can we even think about dwelling in the presence of a perfect God when we are imperfect? Well, that's the wonderful thing about the spotless sanctuary is you're cleansed every time you come through the curtain. On Patrol Live is a television show that celebrated its 100th episode, just started last year, so a lot of people thought it wouldn't make it. I have to confess and admit, since we're going to confess and admit things today, I am an addict to OPL. (laughs) You can ask my family, who I think collectively, with the exception of Isabella, who will sit there and watch it with me. The rest of my family hates it. So they'll tolerate it for a few minutes, and then I can always tell when Elizabeth gets the little answer, she says, is there anything else on? Have we any, do we have anything recorded we could watch? I don't know why I'm so addicted to it in the sense that every time it's on, I want to see it. It's kind of the same thing over and over again, right? They're pulling people over, chasing people who are trying to run. They're going to places where people have uh, said there's something going on. But I've learned a lot of things from watching it. Like, now I know what police look for when they want to make a traffic stop. They have little things that they look for that most of the time we don't even think about. Like, for instance, the light on your license plate. Your light has to be so bright that from uh, 50 feet, I think, in most states, they can read what the numbers are on the plate. And if you don't have a light on your license plate, they can, turn, they can pull you over. If you failure to signal, that would get most everybody. But if you failure to signal when you're changing lanes, they will pull you over. If you go over the middle line, either way, they will pull you over. This is my favorite, is that if you turn into the center lane on a four-lane highway, when you're turning right, They will pull you over because that's illegal. If you've ever been to Walmart, this is your pet peeve as well as mine. If you're coming out of Kroger, you don't own the middle lane when you're turning right. You are supposed to turn into the closest lane to you Stay in that lane until you could safely move over to the middle lane. I know you are going, you know that lane's going to be turning right later and you're going to have to get out of it, but you don't have the right to turn right into the center lane out of Kroger. I don't know if you're catching this, but it's a pet peeve of mine. You do that in most states, they'll pull you over. Now, I've also learned that they will pull people over because they think something else might be going on and they can use those as good excuses. When you are stopped, they will ask you for your identification. And when they get your name and your birth date and other information, they will run your information through their little computer or through dispatch to see if you have any wants or warrants associated with your name. And more often than not on this show, in most cases, the people they pull over for failing to put on their signal or waving going back in the lanes or doing any kind of traffic violation, more often than not, those people have a warrant on them or they have a want out on them. In most cases, that means they go to jail. And if they have a warrant out from a different jurisdiction, that jurisdiction can either say, yeah, hold them, we're going to come get them, or don't worry about it. Well, it's not that important. I don't know. I don't think so. But if I get stopped, and it probably won't happen because I never do anything wrong. I don't think that if they ran my name, that I would, I heard that over there, Pam. (laughs) Uh, Who said it? It was Roxanne? Right. I gotta remember to look to this side over here. Now you've got my attention. I'm gonna be preaching to the left hand or the people on the right. See the people on the right, Pam, I'm gonna explain. The people on the right, they're the good ones. So that's your When you go stand before God, make sure you're in the right side, okay? Just don't turn right out of Kroger into the middle lane. That's it. That. That's But I would hope that if I get stopped, if they ran my name, I wouldn't have a want or warrant on me. I should know, but let me explain as we get in the sermon, Sarah. I hope that my record is spotless so that my reputation as a good citizen will remain spotless because if... I'm pulled over in Greenville or somewhere in Dark County and they have me on the side of the road and the drug dog's out and they have everything out on the side of the car, then my reputation might not be spotless. But what would happen if God ran wants and warrants on us from his computer system? Without doubt, your record would not be found spotless nor your reputation. Unless, and here's the most important thing you need to learn today, unless you have someone daily expunging your record from all your wrongdoing. If we get pulled over at the wrong time, wrong place, without the right legal representative, we will end up in eternal jail. And hopefully you know what that means. That's why it's so important for us to understand what Jesus does for us in this sanctuary. He serves us in the sanctioned sanctuary so that we can live spiritually and when we choose to live according to the principles of God Jesus becomes our personal advocate, our personal lawyer. He is our high priest and he stands before God and he because of his sacrifice keeps our record spotless as well as our reputation before God. And if we reject Jesus' representation, we are left to defend ourselves and every lawless deed will, that spots our record in our life. And we will have to stand before God in our own spotted reputation. And if you do this, you'll be on the left-hand side with the goat's. And if you're on that side, you might want to worry a little bit. Today, we want to deep dive into how Jesus's baptized patterns encourage baptized affirmations. Let me explain that. When we talk about baptized, we're talking about the cleansing. There is a process and a pattern that we're to follow in order to be cleansed. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant had processes that they followed. They would baptize their uh, instruments in blood in order to purify them. And this encourages cleansing affirmations. This is where God, uh, through Christ, can affirm us in our life. He can help us to, to live with joy and with peace because we know we've been our consciences have been cleaned. And all this happens when we enter the perfect tabernacle so that we are daily motivated to covenanting because we know we're endowed with blessed affirmations by repeating God's blessed patterns in our own life. So we have to do the cleansing process and patterns in our own life. Where's all this come from? Well, Hebrews chapter 9 if you look there with me, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14. I know it's a lengthy verse, but uh, let me kind of explain how we break this down. We're comparing the Old Testament covenant with the New Testament covenant. We're comparing the high priest of the Old Testament to Jesus as the high priest in the New Covenant. This comparison shows the differing ways, patterns that were created by God to baptize us or to cleanse us from our sin and what results from those things? Let's start in verse 1 where it talks about the first covenant. It says, now the first covenant, it had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lampstand and the table with the consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark. Of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna and don't snicker, Matt, Aaron's staff that had budded and the stone tablets of the covenant. You'll have to ask Matt about that story. It's a funny one. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail. You'd think, is there more detail than that? Yes, there's a lot more. When everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room and entered into the inner room, and that only once a year and never, never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance, The Holy Spirit, here we talk about the application, was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning, which it is not now. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear, this is important, clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying till the time of the new order. That's the old, here's the new. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he's re- he's reminding us here that he's already take- this transition has already taken place. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. The sanctioned sanctuary we've been talking about. That is to say, is not part of this creation. It's not... In this world, but we can we can um, access it through our hearts and our minds. It's not part of this world. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of the goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they were outwardly clean. The Old Testament, you could. Go and be outwardly clean. No, you were taken care of, just like you had a shower. You're outwardly clean, but didn't do anything for the inside or the heart. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, here's another important thing: cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death. And here's the key: is in God's sanctuary. While we're here on this earth, when we enter into that sanctuary through Christ. We are purified by him through these baptized patterns. We have the baptized affirmation that our consciences can be purged, cleaned from any act that leads to death so that we may serve the living God. A couple of things we need to, to jump out at us, uh, let jump out of us. First, up, first off, is the pattern of process of Jesus in the sanctuary as our high priest. Offering himself to make us spotless is so that we can obtain eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. Now, remember, and I've said this before, eternity doesn't begin when we get there. It's already started. Eternal redemption is the redemption that we receive now that will carry over into heaven, into the new place, the new world that God creates. We have this eternal redemption. We not we start living it right now in our hearts and our minds. We obtain that as we allow the blood of Christ to cleanse us. The second thing that needs to jump out is that it cleanses our consciences from acts that lead to death. The point here is the wage of sin is what? The wage of sin is, everybody say it, death. So he's talking about, Anything that we do, any of the acts, any sins against God that lead to death, this process that God has created for us, this pattern of being cleansed, it can cleanse our conscience, the way we think, the way that we feel, our perspective. It cleanses us so that we can look through our world through that spiritual way and not through the broken way that Satan would like us to look at it through. So let's talk about these two things. First of all, let's talk about the eternal redemption. Because covenanting, because baptized patterns encourage baptized affirmations. And that happens for those who enter the perfect tabernacle. We make this agreement with God because God has made this agreement with us. He has cleansed us through His patterns of sacrificing himself, shedding his blood for us. We just celebrated that around the Lord's table again with Alan's help. We are cleansed through that. And then we can be sure, we can have affirmation in our life that we have a clear conscience. The patterns in the form of regulations served one purpose and that was to baptize those living under the first covenant for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. All the special foods and drinks and various ceremonial washings served to remind the people they were sinners and that their redemption was temporary because their consciences were not purged, they were not cleansed. But under the new covenant, Jesus. As it says, he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Jesus established a better baptizing pattern in the spotless sanctuary in which once for all, an eternal redemption could be offered to us through his once and for all sacrifice. That's confirmed in Hebrews ten fourteen through 18 which says, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where, there has been, have been, and where these have been forgiven... Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. This is a game changer. In the old covenant, they had to keep offering the sacrifices over and over again because it didn't really deal with their conscience. It didn't really get rid of the sin. In some uh, traditions, it would push the sin off for a year. And you've heard the term scapegoat. They'd put those sins on that goat, send him out in the, into the wilderness. And they normally get eaten up by wild animals, but that was where they were transferring their sin to an animal and the animal would go out. But in this particular sense, Jesus forgives us of our sins. He puts His law in our, in our minds and hearts so that He doesn't have to judge us by our sinless and lawless acts. He doesn't remember those anymore. He considers one thing and one thing only, and that is, has the blood of Christ been accepted by us so that our sins are washed away? The eternal redemption means before God, through Christ, in the sanctuary, we have, and this is hard to believe, we have a spotless record. Otherwise, you would not be able to enter in. This means we have no arrest warrants out for us so we can live in the affirmation of Christ. We can live in complete assurity that we are our consciences are clean and we can live for God. Those who are pulled over on on Patrol Live, they have some of the weirdest excuses, but they kind of fall into two categories. Those with warrants, and a warrant is when you um, have a traffic violation or you have some kind of court order and you didn't show up and you haven't paid a fine or you, things have expired and you haven't taken care of that and you received tickets for that, those with warrants, they often claim one of two things. They say it didn't know, they're ignorant about it, or that it's invalid, that it's not them, must be somebody else. Not me, that can't be me. I, I was never there. Or they might act like, you know, with the, in ignorance, they might act like, well, I, I don't know, I, maybe I forgot, it. surely not. It couldn't have happened to someone like me. Does that sound like you before God? God, I didn't know. I didn't know that bothered you. I, I didn't know that that was against your law. I didn't know that that was a sin. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. Or that doesn't apply to me. I, you know, I'm am a good person. I'm a good citizen. I, you can't. I can't have a record. I can't have a bad reputation because I'm so good. Doesn't apply. That's why in the baptized patterns of the New Testament, God tells us to do a couple things. He says, you got to believe what I'm telling you. You are a sinner and only Jesus can save you. And you better confess that. You better admit it. Because ignorance and saying that it's not you is not a good excuse. doesn't work with God because God remembers everything except for the things he forgets through the blood of Christ. We must believe this offering God has given to us, this baptized pattern, which can give us these baptized affirmations where we can live. We can be sure that through Christ that our record is spotless. God's not after us from, for some crazy thing. And that's a. I wish I could go into that a little bit more. The guilt and shame we sometimes feel associated with our own ignorance or thinking that it doesn't apply to us, we still struggle with that guilt and shame that goes along with it. This frees us of that as well. If we believe that Jesus advocates for us in the sanctuary, that He died and His blood covers us, it washes away our sins so that we can live in the presence of God, spiritually living our lives out. We are spotless before Him. We can live with that affirmation, but we must confess before God now that we are sinners before him. And this is a big event and then a continual event. We have confession when we get up in front of everybody and say, I confess that I'm a sinner, I need Christ, I want to be baptized, become a Christian, that's the big one. And then there's the daily thing where we're confessing before God those things that we know through the Holy Spirit's help are convicting us that are wrong it's called maturity it's called a process it's called that growing in holiness till we're made completely holy we must confess that and live in that then we can be assured that allows for us to say to anyone in the world who wants to judge us I don't have to listen to you because my sin my offense I'm dealing this with God through the Holy Spirit Christ has washed me he's cleansed me And so I can live with affirmation. We have that eternal redemption gifted to us through the the blessing of Christ. But we also have the opportunity to have a cleansed conscience. And that's the second part here. We're We're coveting with God because we are endowed with blessed affirmations by repeating God's blessed patterns. We can live in affirmation because we're doing the same kind of patterns in our daily life where we're seeking forgiveness and being washed in His blood, things like that. The pattern of using the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers sprinkled on the people served the purpose of making the people feel like they were outwardly clean, that they had accomplished something. But under the new covenant, the blood of Christ makes us inwardly clean. The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, it cleanses our consciences from acts that lead to death. Jesus endows us with blessed affirmation through this. We are blessed. We should be blessed to know that God has forgiven us through Christ Jesus endows us with this blessed affirmation when we so we can enter the most holy place and live in God's presence. And remember, the whole thing about Hebrews and the deep dive we're doing is so that we can just understand one simple thing. And that is God loves you enough and he's done everything he possibly can to allow you to live in his presence where you receive the help, hope and healing you need to get through this stinking life. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 cautions us though about turning our back on this. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water and let us unswerving, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. These are patterns. These are the baptized pattern God has for us. We're too draw near to Him, He's washing us clean. He sprinkles our hearts so we can be sincere of heart. He cleanses our conscience. He washes our bodies with pure water so we can hold on to our faith that we have professed the hope of our faith because we know He who promises a faithful. And we can encourage one another, other believers, towards loving good deeds. And not give up meeting together because we need each other. We need to be together. We need encouragement. We need to remind each other of the blood sacrifice of Christ and the blessings of that. We need to worship God. We need to commune with him. And we do all those things when we come together here on Sundays. But there's so many who are just giving up that habit of meeting together. All need it. I wonder if the churches would be fuller if someone predicted and they had some kind of physical, visible evidence that God was going to return, or Christ was going to return in three months. Maybe something we see in the sky, you know. Oh, Jesus is coming back. Well, I better rethink my schedule here this week. Maybe I should spend a little more time thinking about God since I want to be with him for eternity. Our expunged consciences mean when we live in the spotless sanctuary, we always have a spotless reputation for, before God. We can live knowing He has forgotten our sins. This means no wants in connection with our crimes against God will be put out for us. All we have to do is repeat the blessed patterns of the new covenant, draw near to Him, hold to our faith encourage one another, meet together. All of these are part of the patterns, the baptized patterns of cleansing. Some of the people they pull over on On Patrol Live, they're wanted. There's a difference between a warrant and a want. A want normally has to do with you've been convicted, so if you're on the FBI's most wanted list, you're not on a good list. Normally you have committed some kind of crime and have already been convicted and you've escaped somehow and they want you because you're dangerous. Most wanted criminals have been convicted. They just want to escape punishment so they will, if they're caught, they'll claim that they are either innocent or that they got railroaded, that it was unjust, that justice had not been served. Well, that's not me. I didn't do that. Well, you're wanted. You're wanted in connection with this crime. It's right here. You were indicted for this. You were waiting trial for this. Well, I'm still innocent, and I knew I was going to get railroaded. So I just kind of I escaped. I wanted to leave. I didn't want to stand before the judge till I had to. What do we? What have we tried this with God? God's already declared that we are sinners. All have sinned and fall short of his glory. He said that you have already been indicted and convicted. You will stand before me in full judgment on judgment day, which comes when this world is over. Or you can repent and be baptized in the patterns of God's cleansing now and accept the fact that you've sinned, deal with it now. Deal with it right now with God. Throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Give your life over to Him. I will change my life and do whatever you ask me to do, Lord. And He will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you. And He will just want you for a different reason. Not to punish you, but to bless you. The baptized patterns of believe, confess, repent, be baptized. We hear those since we were little kids. Hear, believe, repent, uh, confess, be baptized. These are important parts of the new covenant. They cleanse us, these new patterns of the covenant. And they should encourage us because they endow us with these blessed affirmations. We can live affirmed by God that we're doing everything that we can. Because we're living in his presence. And the blood sacrifice of Christ as our high priest. It allows us to enter the most holy place. uh, Which is where God dwells. And where Jesus serves us. This sanctioned spiritual sanctuary is spotless. Because Jesus has purged it with his sacrifice. And all who dwell there can enjoy a spotless record. And reputation while existing in this world. And the reason for all of this. As Hebrews 9.14 9:14 concludes is so that we may serve the living god. If we're not serving the living god, cleansed in this new covenant, we're serving our we think we're serving ourselves but we're serving god's enemy and serving this world. We have the best reputation if we are in Christ Jesus that we can ever hope for because He does the cleansing. He makes it possible for us to have eternal redemption and expunged consciences. And that means we don't have to work daily to save ourselves because we have been permanently redeemed by the blood of Christ. It also means that we can daily live affirmed by our clear conscience because Satan's accusations no longer work on us because God is stronger. Most of the people you know And you, God has a warrant out for. But for the people you know who aren't taking advantage of the blood of Christ, their arrests will come because their records are not spotless and they're living in ignorance or saying it doesn't apply to them. But that's not going to help. Ignorance is no excuse when you stand before the Lord. You also know people who are wanted for crimes for which they've committed against God. Their reputation is not spotless, and yet they live their whole life here on earth saying that they have a better reputation than others. They will claim they are innocent, and that if anyone says anything that is negative towards them, that's unjust, it's not right, it's unfair, but that's not going to help them either. The only thing that can help your friends is the the very same thing that helps you, is you need a good lawyer. Someone who will legally represent you before God and them before God. And what we've discovered in our deep dive today is that we have learned who can help them. Who is it? Jesus. And how does he do it? He cleanses us. We just need to share that with those that we know. Now I know you don't. I'm not you know deputizing you to go out into the world and pull people over and say, what "Was it Rick said at camp that one year, <laughs> cops for Jesus?" You got right. He got the right to praise Jesus. <laughs> um, not giving you. I'm not deputizing towards that end, but you do know people in your life that they will stand before the Lord on Judgment Day and they will be in that left-hand lane with the rest of the goats. They will not be with you because they don't take advantage of this wonderful gift that Jesus has given to us in this new covenant. It's really not more complex than that. There are people who need Christ to be cleansed, so that they can live in the presence of God that will open up his spiritual truth, perspective, his incarnation into their heart and mind so that they're inclined to do what God would have them do. It makes this world a better place anyway. Or we can remain silent and let them live in the conviction of their shame and guilt, trying to prove every day that they're innocent when they're not. And trust me, people do the strangest things to prove they're innocent. Spotless sanctuary, you have access to it through Jesus Christ in the new covenant. He washes you pure and clean as you come through that curtain so that you can be there in God's presence and you can live your life there. Always looking to God for perspective, for your hope, for your power. Let's think about someone we can go out and tell this to this week. And let's take it to heart ourselves. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for your word. And as we deep dive into Hebrews, I'm thankful that it reaffirms and it teaches us about these patterns, these baptized patterns that you have created to cleanse us from our sins. You've already done all the work. Your son Jesus has cosmically already done what he needed to do by dying on the cross. Once and for all, He took all of our sins on Him. And all we need to do to have access to that forgiveness is to believe, confess, repent, be baptized, follow those patterns in our lives not to be afraid to come near you, knowing you've taken care of all these things. We don't have to be embarrassed. We don't have to be ashamed. You already know our failures. You know our weaknesses. But if we come to you through Christ, we come spotless. And there we can receive your help, your hope, your healing, your direction, so that we can know our lives in affirmation, assurance, knowing that we're in you. Father, you know why you brought people here today. You know why you will draw those online who might hear this message today or later. You're simply trying to say to us, you've already established a covenant with us through your son, to deal with our sin. And he deals with it effectively and completely. Help us to live in that forgiveness and grace. And as we talk more about this next week, the, how you sanitize, sterilize us in our lives, be a little more in depth in this, help us to learn How you do these things so that we can be assured that we are good in you. So that we can do good for you in this world service. Lord, we love you so very much. And thank you for this incredible gift of making us spotless. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the one who makes us so. Let all God's people say.